Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Sacred Emergence. It's Michelle Wong, and I wanted to do a quick pre-intro to this interview because um, when I was interviewing Serena Myers, who is our returning guest, her title got cut off. So Serena Myers is joining us again, and she is a sacred soul mentor. And in this episode, we're going to talk about archangels, angels, and everything in the spirit realm, um, as that was a request from one of our listeners. And so I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of Sacred Emergence. Michelle Wong here. And guess what? I have a returning guest for you today. Oh my goodness, Serena Myers is joining us. She is a sacred mentor and um, welcome, welcome, welcome back, Serena. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. It was really fun last time, so I'm happy to be back. Yeah. Oh my God. I I also wanted to like, this might be putting on the spot because we didn't agree to this, but can we do a card pull near the end? Like, yeah, you can pull absolutely. one. Like, I would love that. Um, yeah. So last time you were here, we talked about all things like all things kind of spiritual, basically. And we touched upon some angels, um, but I did get a request from a listener and she reached out to me wanting to do a deeper dive on archangels. And um, I thought it would be really fun to explore that with you because I know you've studied archangels and all the angels, <laughs> like just the an- angelic realm. Yeah. And I've actually had my angel card reading certification, certification in quotes. I think it's funny that there's something called the angel reading certification, but like archangels is one that we studied, like just, you know, and I don't do card readings anymore like that. So I thought it'd be fun to have a conversation with you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I am. Um, it's so funny. Anytime anyone's like, oh, what do you do for a living? I'm like, I talk to angels all day. And they're like, all right. That's a little uh, weird. <laughs> so needless to say, uh, I love, like, I love jamming about them. I love um, having conversations with people who like maybe have this story that like angels are, or our angels and archangels are like this biblical thing. And yes, they're in the Bible, but that's not the only way to experience them. Um, and which I really had to get on board with because I was raised Catholic and when I left the church, I left the church. Like I really, like I lost touch with even my connection to God. Like I was really just out of it. And so when we like, when we think of something and in, in tie it to dogma, we start to create like separation between ourselves and it. And angels are truly for everyone. So even if you're somebody who's listening, who has maybe like had a shifty relationship with anything religious, um, I'm actually going to appeal to you to hang tight with us for this conversation um, and know that if there's a part of you that's at least kind of curious about the idea of having an angelic connection, that it is for you. You don't have to be any type of religion to be able to access this. Thank you for prefacing so, that. Sometimes I forget. Because yeah. like, I'm like you, I used to former Catholic and um, and I might have shared this in our last interview together, but it's been like a year ago. <laughs> but like uh, my introduction to angels was through, you know, my Catholic school upbringing and all of that. And I remember in sixth grade, we had to tie our name to our angel. And, uh, and I remember a conversation, I do remember from our interview, uh, I was like, and because my name is Michelle, like Michael, right? You had Michael. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is an archangel. I was like, cool. I had no idea what all that, that meant when I was in sixth grade. But um, I just like that it just sounded very strong. Like he was a strong angel. He was like the angel of the angels. And I remember you were like, oh yeah, Michael gets a lot of like press. <laughs> yeah, he's got, he's got really good PR. He's got the best PR agent. He's probably the most well-known. I mean, my elementary school was St. Michael's. So, uh, yeah. you know, I was also in that world yeah. with Michael. Uh, there was no St. Serena or any <laughs> angels named Serena. So I didn't have any of that myself, but yeah, absolutely. And 
I mean, like, I love that you got Michael because he is a wonderful protector. And especially as like a young girl growing up, like who wouldn't want that kind of big brother figure always sort of holding space and helping you feel really safe and really mm. supported. But then like, what happens to the rest of us? We, we don't have any Michaels. <laughs> so then what? Um, so I think it's a fun exercise to be able to map your name onto an angel. But let's just say if your name is Joe or Susie or Chris, you can still hang out with Archangel Michael if he is your jam or if you're looking for that protective big brother energy. So don't think it's only for Michelle. She's willing to share Michael with you, okay? <laughs> I will share. <laughs> you can hear a little bit of um, begrudging in her voice, but she will share. She doesn't have a choice. <laughs> so, uh, and, I mean, I, I agree with you about Michael being like the Archangel of Archangels. He really is. not. It's not just about the press. Like, you know, in the Bible, he's the one who, like sent Lucifer out of heaven and everything. So he's the guy, like he's the one we know for a reason, but it's not like one angel is stronger or better than the other. What we're talking about really is resonance. Mm. And we're gonna have resonance with different angels or different types of angels, um, depending on where we're at in our life. So there's gonna be some people who just resonate, let's say Michael as an example, for their whole life. Like they just need that constant sense of protection all the time. Michael is their jam no matter what. But then maybe um, they're, falling in, they're falling in love with themselves. Like they're on this inner exploration. They're in this state of gratitude. They're recognizing their own beauty in the world. And what they might recognize is that like Archangel Jophiel has also stepped in and she's kind of influencing the energy a little bit too, right? So we don't, we're not committed. This isn't a marriage to one angel for the rest of your life. Um, and in fact, I like to think about like this idea of like angel prescriptions. So maybe I'll give you an example. So last year I went for surgery at the start of the year and I had, so I had healing stuff. I had the need to feel protected and also the need to get out my door. Cause I was scared shitless. And I was like, Oh no, I'm going to do this. And so I had like, I gave myself a little angel prescription. So for the protection part of like, hey, let's make sure I wake up at the end of this. Let's have a nice life and carry on. I called on Michael for that protection. And even regardless of the work he was doing, it was just that sense of safety and protection for myself so that I felt supported. Because when we're in that vulnerable state, that's what we need. Um, and then for anything to do with healing, I always work with Archangel Raphael. He is like the guy. Um, you can also work with the idea if maybe angels aren't your jam, you really resonate with like colors and auras and that type of energy. Then you can imagine this beautiful like emerald green light because that's the light um, that he's really associated with. And so from the healing perspective, I call on Raphael and I'm like, all right, so if the surgeon screws up, you're going to intervene. Um, if they need to know something like you're the, you're the guy. So I almost saw him as like an advisor to my surgeon and also like a space holder to make sure that like the surgery itself went all right. And then I had to get out the door. <laughs> so within myself, there was that need for courage and Archangel Ariel, she's got a, she actually has a few faces, but courage is one of her superpowers. She's really like, when I feel her, I feel her in the solar plexus chakra, and it's almost like this beautiful burning fire that like you can't help but be energized by it. And so inaction isn't an option. It was like, yeah, you're afraid, but guess what? Like you're doing this. Mm. So I can, I, I called on her to really embody that courage to get myself out the door so the other two could do their jobs as well, right? Mm. So, you know, it's not about having one angel who's like your go-to. And in fact, if you were gonna choose one angel, it shouldn't be an archangel at all. It should be your guardian angel, mm. which is like something else entirely. And something that is frankly, really, really downplayed in spiritual conversations right now for some reason. Guardian angels? Sorry, like you, you said, cut out for me. What, oh, what did so, you say? Sorry, you were saying uh, the one that is downplayed, not only talked about, and I was saying, are you referring to guardian angels? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think what it is, is that we, we want proof right? So when we talk about archangels, there's so many books written about them and there's so much just like knowledge floating around. There's all the Oracle decks and everything else that there is like a collective story of what each one is all about and how you experience them. And, you know, that'll vary from person to person's interpretation because they really do meet you where you are. 
but ultimately there's like a bit of a shared mythology about each one. Whereas guardian angels don't have that. So for, you know, when we're talking about it, like in a more general sense, it's hard to say, well, you know, you're working with your guardian angel if check, 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 or you know to call on your guardian angel when check, check, check. So we don't, because there isn't that shared mythology because everyone's guardian angel is very different and very personal to them. Mm. It's a little bit harder to get some PR and some good buzz about it really, right? Mm. So they're like, they're like the unsung heroes of the angelic realm in many ways. But the reason it's so important to bring them in is remember at the start, I said, it's not like one angel is more powerful than the other. It's not about power. It's about um, alignment to you. So your guardian angel has been assigned to your soul. So this means that they are like your ride or die in every incarnation you've ever had. This has been the one who has been along the journey for you. So they are going to know you more intimately than anyone else. They are going to understand what lessons you came into this life to have. Um, They are going to just be able to support you one-on-one in this really beautiful, intimate way that like, yes, other angels are really wonderful too, but it's not like you're ride or die. Like you can have like your friends and then you've got like that one that is like, no matter what, that's the person you call. That's the person you would call to remove a dead body. (laughs) That is exactly what I was thinking. And I thought, no, Serena, don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um. Yeah. Exactly. And you're only going to have like one, maybe two if you're lucky who will hide a dead body for you. So yeah, your guardian angel is like that type of ride or die. It's, they're really, they're really important. And so even if you have like this angel prescription where you're like, I'm, you know, in the case of my surgery, I'm going to work with these three guys. It was like also this other angel who, um, even if his job is literally just to stand there and hold space, Uh that's the one like he needs to be lumped in all the time no matter what so I I love that so thank you for bringing that in and um because I am who I am I'm like I have two guardian angels (laughs) and many people do people often do have more than like I'm just gonna assume I have two and I'm also curious okay so we talk we're you know archangels guardian angels what's the difference like what's the difference between some like a someone like a, a, a energy who's an archangel versus you know, like a legion of angels or whatever, like a group of abundance angels, like what makes them that? I mean, really what we're talking about is like, so there are different tiers, not in terms of betterness, but in terms of just frequency and kind of what their responsibility is. So you have like your angels, you have your archangels. And I think like the seraphim is above that. I don't really know exactly how all of that works. What's a seraphim? The seraphim is like, is like the higher angelic realm. Okay. So there, everything just kind of buzzes at a different frequency. So for instance, um, when I was training in mediumship, I had to discern the, the energies that I was feeling and experiencing before I was getting the messages. Is this someone who has crossed over to the other side? And if so, is that a person? Is it a dog? Like, what is that? Mm. Is this an angel? Is this an ascended master? And they all kind of vibrate a little bit differently. So if you are someone who is like empathic or clairsentient um, or just kind of sensitive, you might perceive them on an energetic realm. Really what you're talking about though, like when we are trying to like put this in our little boxes in our head, we're talking about labels. Okay. Because whether someone's on, you know, like the first level or the third level, like their job is their job. They're going to be really great. And I think where, where we get a little bit hung up sometimes is in those labels. Then we think like, we need to read all the books and know who to call on. Worst case scenario, you say, thank you angels for helping me get home safely. You don't need to know that it's Michael who's the protector or whatever. You don't need to know those specifics, right? It's like, yo, angels, let's do this. And like, that's literally what it is. You can, you know, you can get as specific as you want, but ultimately, like if you give permission, whoever is handy and available, who can get the job done, they step forward. So there is that, that trust in the relationship that you don't have to call them by name, that the invitation is enough. And then the flip side to that is that like you, regardless of where you're at um, and regardless of what you maybe feel about this work in this realm, you are good enough to have this support right now. You know, you don't have to be some Zen master. You don't have to be on your meditation pillow like 10 hours a day. You don't need to go to the ashram in India. Like 
you fallible human, beautiful soul, creature, divine child, you right now, exactly as you are, are permitted to call on angels for help. And it can be big stuff, like make sure that I get home safe. It can be small stuff like, hey, I could really use a parking spot in front of the restaurant because it's going to be like, it's rainy and it's hard to get to the restaurant and I don't want to look like a drowned rat. It doesn't have to be some big thing. You don't have to like get indoctrinated or certified or whatever. Like consider this, if you ever needed it, consider this permission Mm. that this is for you. I love that. And I honestly, okay. So when I got my knee injury last year and I started uh, driving again, like I was Mm. still using my crutches to go down the stairs and there's like an area of getting out of my home. That's like, I'm always holding my breath when I'm on my crutches. So every single time before I left my door, like I would say a prayer to my angels, just like help Mm. me, like make sure I get there and back safely and like no falls, like all the things. Um, and then when I was, you know, now Momo mobile, I just kind of let it go, you know, like I forgot to call yeah. them my angels. And like this past weekend, um, how I parked, I parked my car and, uh, as you were talking about calling upon your angels for help and protection, I'm like, ah, I should have done that <laughs> because like, I literally, like, I was so happy with our parking spot. It was like, I parked next to a pole and like the spot next to me was an accessible spot. So usually there's a lot of room and still someone hit my car <laughs> and like, didn't leave a note. And I'm all like pissed off. And I was like, oh, that would have been a good moment to be like, Hey, angels, thank you for protecting my car, making sure satellites don't do their thing and drive stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so here's the thing we as humans have this tendency to, to do things when we're in crisis or when we're sick or when we're burnt out or whatever. And that's when we get on the meditation pillow. That's when we start to pray. That's when we call on our angels. And I feel like a big part of the invitation of this work and particularly this inner work at this time in history is that we make it part of our practice that it is part of who we are, that it is something we're living and breathing every day. And we need that, Um, particularly because when we are in those shitty places and we call on help, we wanna believe and trust that it's coming. And when we have fostered this relationship and we know, I mean like, and I don't mean know in your head, I mean know in your heart that like you're supported and protected. When you have that relationship on the mundane things like, hey, like, like let's get a good parking spot you know that when like push comes to shove, you can trust that help is going to be there in the way that you need it to be, even if it's not the way you think it's going to show up, (laughs) which is sometimes a tricky thing. Yeah. So it's really like, it's not just for, you know, it's not like angels or the divine or whatever. It's not like they're like, well, if you don't show up on your meditation mat for at least five minutes a day, then we're not going to show up or you're going to get on the, you're on the slow list. We'll get to you eventually. Like to them, it's not like that at all. But like that, the commitment is for ourselves it's so that we know that we are supported is so that we can trust that connection for all times thanks for highlighting that and it's it's good because like I do like every morning I do say a prayer and I call upon like my divine spiritual team including all my angels but I think like it's an overarching thing and I I like to be more specific like hey Mm -hmm. And I apologize for anyone who's listening is from Seattle. I did not mean to insult your driving. (laughs) (laughs) I've been to Seattle. I've seen the drivers. It's not entirely untrue. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Um, Anyways, maybe a little bit passive aggressive on my part because I still have to deal with my car. (laughs) Anyway, going back to angels. um, I appreciate that. And now I'm so curious because uh, I, I would still want to talk about archangels for sure, but you just talked about guardian angels and how I did not, I thought guardian angels show up per birth. Like this is your guardian angel for this lifetime, not for your soul's journey, which is timeless. Mm-hmm. That's what that? I originally grew up believing too, actually. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a Catholic thing. I don't know. Um, but <clears throat> what I started noticing is when I was, Um, working with the Akashic Records. And for a long time, that was a big part of my business. And now it's become sort of integrated in in my group programs and whatnot and really teaching people to be able to access their own. Um, So the Akashic Records is the library of your soul. It's everything that your soul has experienced to date and everything that it will experience going forward. And you have these 
beings of light called the record keepers. And when you hang out with them, you start noticing they're kind of angelic. Mm. And once I made that connection, I was like, oh, okay, this is why they felt familiar because I've been hanging out with my, my guardian angel already at this time. So I kind of feel like they're all in the same little posse. <laughs> like these are, these are the guys together who were kind of responsible. So, you know, the, um, the one who's hanging out with me, he's, um, I call him uncle buck because he looks like John Candy. <laughs> <laughs> uncle buck for me is like, he's the cool guy. He's the best friend. We're hanging out. My record keepers feel like the kind of intellectual types they're the librarians who are like managing the records of everything going on so like they're still part of my team but everybody's kind of got their job oh that's fun I love yeah. how you see them <laughs> yeah yeah it was it, it gets a little awkward because I meditate in the shower a lot and, and early in my journey I would start talking to him and praying and just connecting in that space and then one day being like hey is it cool naked like is this weird for you and like they're no the angels don't care right they don't know anything about fashion they're not worried about our nudity like they have zero judgment so I'm all like oh dimples and rolls and whatever like are we cool he's like yeah this is like that's your problem (laughs) (laughs) I'm fine so having that recognition of like I'm totally just talking to this being buck naked and that's fine whatever that's awesome okay so back to guardian angels I mean not guardian angels archangels um like there's a lot of them there's a lot of them and you said it's all frequency based like yeah and there's so there's a few different philosophies um about who they are so the ones that are the most well known and that's the ones I can speak to because it's who I've studied and who I connect with most um most of the time um are the typical archangels they're the ones that you'll see in the bible or that books have been written about them and whatever um most recently and I'd say like I think it was around maybe like the 70s which I know that doesn't sound that recent but when we're talking about from the history of time it's actually very recent yeah um there's the idea of the archaea so um, one of my colleagues is a wonderful teacher named Callista, and she recently just wrote a book called The Female Archangels. Oh. And so for her, in her experience of them, they are two halves of the same whole. So if we think about the divine masculine and the divine feminine, she views the archangels as the divine masculine and the archaea as the feminine aspects of these same angels. So you can work with them as a pair, Mm. Or you can work with them individually, depending on if you're meeting more of the masculine vibe or that feminine vibe. And I say masculine, feminine, angels don't have a gender, but we experience them in that way. So that label is really a human label, honestly. And there are um, archangels as well that will present a little bit more feminine to different people. And people don't always agree. (laughs) So Mm. I experience let's use Ariel as an example. She feels like a fiery Latina to me. Like I, when I see her, I feel almost like I'm talking to Shakira. Mm. Like she's got that like spicy kind of like presence where you just like, you're like, Oh yeah, no, she's got this. Like, I don't have to worry about it at all. But there are a lot of people who won't call Ariel Ariel. They'll call him Ariel and they experience him in a very different way. So even if the roles of how we so like, for instance, I work with her for courage, typically, they might still work with Ariel for courage, but they're tapping into that masculine essence mm. and they're going to experience it very differently mm. than I do. So the relationship that we build with them is really, really personal. And there is no consensus. Like no one has the right way of this is how you experience them. So whatever you're doing, if it feels true to you is probably right. Mm, I love that. And like, who will ever know if this is the right way? I mean, it's all by feels anyway, right? Like it's- I think we get stuck in the right way because it's Mm -hmm. a distraction from the work. So long as we have to learn one more thing, it means we're not connecting. Mm -hmm. And the ego's like, (laughs) let's find out how many other one more things we can give her, right? (laughs) And meanwhile, we are like disconnected from our hearts because we're stuck in our heads. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I would say like, start imperfectly let it be weird let it be awkward and get it make it perfect later learn stuff later but don't stop from trying now yeah I like also what you said about the masculine and feminine per 
Angel. Um, and I was thinking like when you were saying that like Archangel Gabriel or Gabrielle is the same because mm. I'm like, oh, like I thought it was a masculine, like a guy angel, but sometimes books will say Gabriel as a woman. I'm like, okay, like I'm confused. So I appreciate that you were just delineating the masculine and feminine energies. And I love that. Oh, and I had the same thing with Gabriel because it's a Catholic thing, right? Like, yeah. Gabriel came down and told Mary, Hey, yo, you're going to have a baby. And she's like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> we, we had that story in our head. I also experienced, I had the story of Gabriel being male, but when I experience her, I feel, experience her very femininely. And she represents the messenger, right? Like she's the, she's really I great think. for communication. communication. So like if you're a business owner and you're working on content strategy or a blog post, or, Oh, I'm going to batch a whole bunch of social media you can pray to her and be like, Hey, Gabriel or Gabrielle, however you resonate. So help me find the right words to reach the hearts of the people that are most going to benefit from this content. Mm. Call her in, invoke her and then type it all up <laughs> and off you go. Right. And it's totally, and I mean, and if you, for, you know, if you hear this and you're like, Oh yeah, I can call on them. And six months later, you forget which angel it is. No problem. Hey, angels of communication. <laughs> I need to sit down and write a bunch of marketing. Help me reach the hearts of the people that this is going to impact the most. Mm. You don't have to call her by name, she'll or he. They'll show up for you, however, you know, however, whatever you say. Okay. Now, be specific about what you're inviting in, but you don't need to know their names. Sorry, I cut you off. What did you say? I said, how about relationships? Like dating, romance, love. Oh, okay. Well, Gabriel can help there too. <laughs> Okay. Particularly with the communication element, right? Okay. So it's not the love element, but in making sure that like, let's say you're doing online dating and you're wanting to present yourself in the, um, the most holistic way. So that it's like your whole self, your whole heart, but also in the way that is going to be resonant to your right partner. So you mm -hmm. can call them in, her in for that kind of work as well. Or if you're fighting with your partner, you can be like, Hey, Gabriel, you're having a breakdown in communication. If you're fighting with a partner, um, Raguel is actually a really beautiful archangel to work with. He's um, all about harmony and relationships. You could also work with him if you were entering into like a contractual partnership with like a collaboration or um, any kind of thing where there's a negotiation. Mm. Uh, if you were negotiating a salary, even you could sit down with him and he's all about making sure that like everybody gets something. He's really about... Um, feeling like that, like it's a win-win situation. Um, Raguel is also the one that I would call on a lot, uh, parenting my teenage son. <laughs> because, oh man, there were days where I was just like, what am I going to do with this kid? And Raguel would always come forward. And I think it was that sense of like, everybody needs to feel like they're getting something out of this. Everybody needs to feel like they're winning. Mm. Parenting is a lot about that a lot of the time. Sometimes you got to be the bad guy, but a lot of the time it's just like, Where's the happy medium for everybody? Mm -hmm. So I feel like if you're if it's a relationship dynamic where like compromise is really big, big then like Raguel is someone you could work with. If it's first date jitters, again, you can work with Ariel because she's got that courage piece. Um, How about Jophia, attracting the one? Attracting. I mean, this is it's like it's like I guess the first thing would be like, what is the thing that is in the way of attracting it right now? Um, I would say Jophiel. Again, so she's about inner and outer beauty and really that self-love piece of really recognizing what we are and what a gift we are in the world. I feel like attracting a big loving partnership starts there. Mm. It's really in that um, awareness and acceptance of our whole self. And the other one that might be interesting, and now we've got a truck backing up in the background. And usually when you get those external beeps, that's a little like, yeah, we're on the right track. Oh my God, that should not, is that for me? Uh. <laughs> Um, the other one who I think is really important, particularly we're in, when we're in that state of um, looking for the right mate is in um, honoring our actual feelings mm. about what we truly want, what we truly desire, and not what we think we should want or what we've been conditioned or what our parents want for us or whatever. We really need to get to our heart and our, and our feelings about things. And Archangel Haniel, who's also the angel that works with the moon, she's someone who's really great for that too. Okay, so, I like that one, Haniel. Yeah, I'm like, I know I just gave you like 12 different angels, but it's just really about like, what aspect needs work? Like what is in the way of you attracting that right now? Mm. And then who's the angel that works 
in that area and then cultivate those things first. When I, like, I did a lot of manifestation work to manifest my marriage, um, but I didn't know anything about angels at the time. Like, I was pretty shut off from them. So I, I spoke to the divine feminine a lot as, a, as, a, as an entity and that was um, also with me being able to soften into the divine feminine because I was like corporate and hardened and like a life of struggle and trauma. So when I accidentally opened up my spiritual path because I had shut it down um, as a kid, it was just like too much. When I opened it up, it was then, okay, cool. Now that I've got this like gaping hole in my heart, because that was really shielded for a super long time. I was like, how do I soften to be in this? And so I worked with the idea of the divine feminine, um, which um, you could also, if you wanted to give it a specific name, you could work with the Shekinah, because um, she's kind of that holy energy that is really in that real true feminine essence. And that's not an archangel. That's a different. She's not an archangel. Okay. She's kind of like, to kind of map it onto like the Catholic thing, since that's the background we both come from, like she would be like the feminine aspect of the Holy Spirit. I don't really think I ever learned a feminine aspect of the Holy Spirit in my well, we didn't. Absolutely okay. not. Because they try <laughs> to like minimize all the women over there. Like, yeah, no, it's like the Holy Spirit and the Shekinah are again, like two aspects of the same whole. Got it, got it, okay. Yeah. I, I like that, um, man. Let's have all the unlearning we have to do, right? Yeah. Let's have a, another podcast interview of all the feminists, like the feminists, but like the feminine aspects of the things that were shut down in yeah. the Catholic Catholicism <laughs> or Christianity, I think as a Christianity, whole. like I would love to have a conversation around Mary Magdalene. And I was Isis. just thinking about her. Yeah. She's not like, I don't, I don't um, study her. Like she's not an energy that I really resonate mm -hmm. with, but she's a beautiful energy she's someone whose whole history has been rewritten in the bible um megan watterson has yes. done a lot of academic work around her yeah. and so she is if ever anyone's listening and is really curious about the relationship of mary magdalene or like how to connect with her um yeah i would really recommend megan watterson's work yeah i have her book and i've i've had both but her mary magdalene revealed is a great one mm. and uh what was it so like this, this is so off tangent, but I have to share it. So when I was in Bali, uh, I was at this cafe and that was like my go-to cafe. And there's, they have a whole bunch of books. And one day I was there and I, it was like the Magdalene manuscripts. I don't know if you've ever heard mm. of it. And I was like, what is this? It sounded so like weird and kind of occultish. <laughs> and so, but I picked it up and like, it drew me in and um, it was basically the writers of the book, it was channeled uh, through Mary Magdalene. And like, you know, a channel, you don't know, like, cause you always got to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Cause it's still I, the filter of whoever's doing the channeling. Right. And you don't, I don't know. It was just like interesting, but I got really like drawn into the book and like Mary Magdalene's story of like what really happened. And it was just so fascinating that a part of me believed in the truth of the message you know, mm. of like her essence that was re retold in the Bible, like she was a whore and no. Yeah. So much. I think the other thing too is um, she was an apostle, like all the men that each have their own section in the New Testament and her stuff has been removed. But there is, and I can't remember what the name is of the book, but there is a book that is essentially the New Testament with the teachings of Mary Magdalene as well. Mm. So someone has recovered them. It is out there. And, you know, when we view her, because I had the same thing, I was like, well, wasn't she a prostitute? But I think that was, one, it was the diminishing of her role, right? right. And two, it was, I think there was probably a belief of, well, why else would she be hanging out with a bunch of dudes? <laughs> like, there, it, it, that sex was the only thing she could be contributing, as opposed right. to being a valued member of that conversation, right? So, yeah, I think some of it is, um, there's definitely an agenda in there, you can definitely feel that, but um if she has an energy that like you resonate with or whoever's listening to this resonates with, I do really encourage you exploring it. Because um, yeah. there are people with big, big relationships with her and like profound changes and shifts in their life. Yeah. I actually like, I think like the, the reason like for me when I meditate and I tap into more of the spirit realm, like I feel really safe with angels because I know that mm -hmm. it's all for our greater good. You know, they're here for us and they're here, that's their role to support us versus like some mm -hmm. other energies might 
you have to be specific, like only like the highest vibe who have my best interest at heart, like all of that. And I'm like, this is a lot of work. Like, of course, like, you know, why would I want like a shady spirit, you know, but like mm-hmm. with angels, I trust it. Um, and I know, you know, it's safe. Yeah. I, I feel like sometimes I've, I've compared it to, um, genie wishes. Like, you know, when you make a wish of the genie, but you gotta be ultra specific. Sometimes it feels like that. And, and I agree that angels are a safe way to do it. Um, when I trained in mediumship, I trained because I wanted to get better at speaking to my angels and understanding the signs and whatever. And like, you know, dead people have like a pretty big spectrum as humans do, right? We don't suddenly ascend and become these like divine beings just because we're on the other side. We just, they're still, they've got bias, they've got agendas, they've got, you know, they've got stuff. Right. And so I had that same thing of like, how do I protect myself so that I can do this work? And the first time I sat down to actually channel um, something, the first thing that came through was an angel. It was in like my mediumship test. And I was like, oh, well, I'm like, that's weird. It feels like an angel. And my teacher just like shakes her head because she knew that I was so not wanting to talk to dead people. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, of course you channel a friggin' angel over a dead. And the other dead people ended up coming forward. But the first thing that stepped through, because that was like my bridge to that world, it was like, this is something that feels safe for me. And so like, if, you know, if that's something that you want to pursue, it's okay to have like a gateway person <laughs> of like, if angels are the thing that resonate and you need to feel that safety to practice in then start there. Like there's no one saying that you have to do it any particular way. Even though I'm trained in mediumship, I don't talk to dead people as a whole, like in general, Mm. my own dead people sometimes will show up and chat with me, but you know, typically like that's not something I do for clients because that's a boundary I've set, but we all get to kind of like set that for ourselves and decide what we, who we want to connect with. And when we have that relationship and we nurture it, which I, I know I sound like a broken record here, but it is really important then you don't feel like you're having to make sure there's no energetic loopholes that like something dodgy can get through. You're like, these are my people. Everything is fine. And it's good to kind of have like, do your energetic protection. It's good to have like your little bubble of light and whatever so that you feel really supported. Um, But ultimately when it's like part of your practice, it's second nature. You don't even have to like worry about it. Mm. I like that perspective. And um, I appreciate that. Uh, what was I going to say? Going back to guardian angels. <laughs> yeah. bit. So I hear, like I've read that when you come into earth, like when you're born, uh, there's guardian angels with you. And then when you die, it's the same guardian angels that take you back to the spirit. What are your, like, I like that. What are your I, I do believe that there are angels. I don't know that they're necessarily guardian angels because I think your guardian angels are already there, right? Because they're, yeah. if they're on the soul journey with you, then yeah. that's, you know, they're, they're your ride or dies. So like they're, they're, going to die, they're still there, right. but <clears throat> I will tell you, um, Archangel Azrael, uh, he gets a bit of a bad rap because he's known as the angel of death. <laughs> and the thing is that it's not just death of our bodies. It is like death of belief systems. It is death of patterns. It is death of Anytime there's a really big transformation, there's a part of us that dies so that something new can be reborn. So Archangel Azrael is really, I feel like he's almost like the shepherd of mm. guiding us to the other side. And particularly for people who are in like, if, the, if they've been sick for a long time and they're in and out of this realm and the next, mm. I feel like Azrael is the one who is the guide to make the tra- make the ultimate transition at the end so again like that guardian angel is going to be there like they're going to be a support no matter what but Azrael's the guy who he he gets it done he's like okay you ready let's do this <laughs> he kind of like I, it does feel like shepherding it really feels yeah. like that like almost like the I'm gesturing it's so funny this is going to be audio no one's going to see it but it's almost like that angel wing kind of comes around and wraps you around the shoulder and like kind of gives you the little nudge of like okay cool let's do this mm. so um and again like yes that's for the death of ourselves our vessels but it's also really like the death of aspects of ourselves mm, gotcha so it could be seen like physical death or just like energetic slash metaphorical absolutely yeah well, I do like the idea that our guardian angels are with us thick and thin. And maybe like when we're passing away, like we can see beyond the veil that we recognize, oh my God, you're my guardian angel and here you are. 
Mm -hmm. I think there's a beautiful thing that happens in that period because particularly for people who have had like health stuff, like older people, maybe who've been like, you know, in the process of transitioning for days or weeks or months. Um, I do believe that they have periods where they are in and out of their bodies. Mm. And it's, it's, so it's not just that the veil is thinner, it's that they're not entirely in the vessel. They're mm. kind of, they're, they're popping in and out. A couple of years ago, my girlfriend Kate passed away. And before she did, she had been on an intubator. She had been in a coma. Um, and there would be times where I would pray and I'd be like, oh, because for the first, I'd say three weeks, I had zero news at all. I just knew she wasn't on social media. I couldn't get a hold of her. She wasn't answering my calls. Like I knew nothing else. And then I started to call hospitals and found out she was in the ICU. And I thought, Mm. oh shit, here we go. But when I would tap into her and I'd be like, is she, has she crossed over? I could feel like this thread of her, like she was here, but not here. And um, when she was, she came out of her first coma and then we talked and then she ended up Um, passing away after that and I said it was weird I'm like when I was trying to figure out if you had passed or not I I kept tapping into your energy and like you were here but not here she's like oh yeah no I was not in my body a lot of the time and she was having those experiences of being outside of herself but because she had that period in between being in a coma and actually dying she could share like yeah this is what it was like and so there was that separation of like sometimes she was in in her body and aware of her surroundings or not aware of her surroundings but a lot of times she was on the outside and that's when like it's not just angels that'll show up there but like other people that you've loved in your life who are there to welcome you back they're going to be there as well to greet you mm, I just got chills so like she actually sensed that like she it wasn't like I was in a dream I may be but like she recognized the other spirits that were yeah I think if someone probably isn't well versed in this world they would probably feel like oh yeah it's kind of like I think you experience it kind of like a dream Mm. whereas she like had a devout practice she really like knew her stuff so she was like oh no I wasn't in my body the whole time so that's why it was like you you could sense me but you couldn't sense me because I I was here but I was not here (laughs) so got it um yeah it was really helpful to have somebody who had that awareness about herself to be able to be able to confirm and validate what I was experiencing. Mm, okay, cool. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So going back to um, archangels, if yeah. someone wanted to learn more and just like know, like, hey, like, who are all the archangels and how do I call upon each one specifically? What is your recommendation? Um, I think the first thing is going to be there. Like, there's a lot of angel experts that are out there, and I think it's really important that you find someone that you resonate with. And the reason I say that is because, um, remember I said before how everyone's interpretation of these angels are a little bit different. In the early days when you are still forming your own experiences, you're going to be really influenced by who your teacher is. And so you're going to want to find, um, so like if you go, like if we use the Hay House world, for instance, they've got Diana Cooper, they've got Kyle Gray, they've got Radley Valentine. Um, these are all really big angel people for them. There's other ones too. And so it would be really kind of like checking them out on social media, maybe reading their books, just seeing like whose vibe do you resonate with? And then going from there. Um, I know Kyle Gray has a really wonderful book called Angel Prayers, where it breaks down um, the major archangels and like how they can tag team with each other and with um, other ascended masters and that type of thing. Um, It's a really great reference tool. It's not something you sit down and read cover to cover necessarily, um, but it's really helpful. I think a large part of it though is just sitting down and setting the intention to open up and have an experience. Mm. And if when an angel steps and you said again, the experience that it, the intention that it's for your highest light and good. And then you would say like, Hey, I feel you like, what up? Who's here? And you might, you know, for someone who's like Claire audience, you might actually hear like, Hey, it's Michael. What up? Like, you know <laughs> oh what I mean? God, I love your combos. <laughs> it, it might be something like that, but it might just be a presence or you might see a color, mm. you know, you might um, get a smell, mm. you know, you might see, you might see a being and not know exactly who it is, but you can see that, like in the case of Michael, maybe it's got a little blue halo. Maybe you can see the sword and the shield and the armor and you're like, okay, this is an angel. He's geared up. He's like ready to gladiate, gladiator, whatever. Um, who is that? And you could probably Google gladiator angels and I'm sure Michael would show up. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but I'm saying as an example. So 
So, you know, you could do that first, but I really encourage people not to go to Google or to the books and teachers first, because then you get influenced, like really try to have your own experiences, just be open to it. Like I said, let it be awkward, let it be weird, and then fine tune your experience with information from the outside, but get your own impressions first. And that way, when you are searching for that teacher, you're going to find someone who's really aligned to what you already know to be true as opposed to someone telling you this is truth. And that's really important, particularly if you have a religious background that you're recovering from, um, you don't need another dogma shaming you and telling you and pointing, wagging a finger, right? You wanna feel like an active participant um, in this relationship with the divine. So by having your own experiences and then finding the teachers who can expand on that rather than someone telling you what is true will make a really, really big difference in how far you can go with this work. I like that was mic drop right there. Like oh. a boom. Yeah. Like that is like, that's just recommendation advice that I so support is remembering to come back and trust your own experience versus looking outside of yourself for expert. Like Ooh, that is, I, can't even yeah. tell you. I was at a retreat a couple of years ago and the teacher um, there's probably about 50 of us in the room. And the teacher said that he didn't believe in soul agreements. He didn't believe that we chose our parents. He basically said, there's like a lineup of pregnant ladies and a vending machine of souls. And it's you get a soul and you get a soul and you get a soul. And that's how babies are made. And the entire room collectively lost their shit. And I kind of sat back in my chair and laughed because in my belief system, that is not right. That is yeah. not correct. I believe we do choose our parents because we have an agenda when we come into this life of what we want to learn. And our parents are like, that's our training wheels. That's where it all starts. So that's my belief. But I'm secure enough in my belief that when, even though he's my teacher, even though he's world renowned, even though, even though, even though he is not, he knows no better than I do. Mm. But for him to be like, this is the way. And, and everyone else was like, no. And I was like, no. <laughs> so I can <laughs> lean back and laugh because I didn't have him on any kind of pedestal that said his opinion was worth more than mine. Mm. So I could just laugh and be like, no, I don't think that's right, but that's fine. Like, I really believe that we need to like take what resonates for us and leave the rest, not feel challenged by like that we must be wrong because this person who happens to be more famous than us is saying the opposite of what we believe to be true. So that's where having our own opinions is so important. And we really need to trust our own knowing because we know stuff, you know, like by the time we get into our thirties and forties, it's like, come on now. Can you really play the, I don't know card? No, sit down, tune in, open up. See what <laughs> um, we don't get to play that, that ignorance is bliss card anymore. There, there comes a time where we have to stop looking for people to tell us how to be and just claim what we know. Yeah. Or even just trust, like trust your own um, inklings, like, Yes. You know, well, my whole, like a big part of my teaching and with, with the clients and particularly in my group program is the practices that we need to have in place that we can trust our inner compass. Mm. And for me, the inner compass is a combination of our intuition and the information that we get from our divine guides. It's those two things married together. And when we can have that, that trust and that knowledge of, and like, we understand how it, how it directs us and guides us and works in our in our best interest and for our highest good the rest of it doesn't matter because when we hear stuff that is trying to challenge what we know unshakably to be true it's okay to be like that's your opinion this is my opinion like eh, it's yeah. fine yeah and who's right or wrong we'll never know yeah but when you have that certainty in yourself the the outside noise doesn't really matter mm amazing so um at the start of this uh interview i was inviting you to pull a card and so let's do that <laughs> i love this because people are going to find this you know when you first drop the episode or they might find it a year later um and what i love about the way that energy works it's not confined by time so this message is for you. Whenever you visit, you're hearing this, this is the message for you. And it's actually so wonderfully on point with everything that we've been talking about today. So I pulled a card from Oracle of the Seven Energies, which is a new deck by Colette Baron-Reed. It is beautiful. Um, it's beautiful. 
oh, it's beautiful in every sense. The energy of it is really nice. And like physically it, it's, it touches, like it feels good to hold in your hand. And the artwork is like stunning. They do these amazing like digital oh, collages. So this it. card is called A Burst of Magic. So how perfect that we're having this conversation about like divinity and opening up and communicating with our guides and our angels. And this card is all about that opening. It is the, if, if someone was like maybe a little less spiritual, it would be more aligned to like epiphany and idea and um, inspiration. But for those of us who are like listening to this podcast, for instance, who are a little bit more open to this world, um, this is divine connection. This is opening up and being able to bring the divine within you. There's this beautiful practice too of um, breath work where when we're bringing in air and we can do it even just like consciously breathing where we are like absorbing these particles of light that are coming through us. And those little particles of light are divinity because it's everywhere. God is not this entity outside of us. It is everything that we are experiencing at all times. And so this is an invitation to embrace that it is an opening up to this world. If this is something that you've been curious about or you've wondered about dabbling in, um, this is like, if you said, oh yeah, I'm just looking for a sign. This is the sign. It's time. <laughs> to, it's time and that you are ready. And so if it's something that you're afraid of, then like address the fear so you can open up. If it's something that you just don't know what to do, find the teachers and open up. But ultimately the invitation is to open up whatever it takes. So that's where we're at right now. We are, we're being called to rise in this way. It's really beautiful. Oh my God. That is so perfect. Like what a beautiful card pull. Thank you. Oh my God. I pulled it. I was like, of course. Of course. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. Amazing. So also um, I can share that deck on, is it available through Amazon or? Is, yes. Okay, I'll share that day. And it was like seven oracles, but Oracle of the Seven Energies. Oracle of the Seven Energies. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you so much. And I hope uh, for those of you listening, that really resonated no matter when you heard this episode. Um, this message is for you. Yeah. All right. So, how can people learn about you um, and all the things? Yeah, it's, I would like, honestly, this is, I love this part of it. So, um, if they want to head over to my website, serena.ca, because I'm over in Canada, um, I also have something there called the inner compass mapping method, which talks about this. It's how do you get your energetic ducks in a row? How do you open up? And how do you work this light and do some good with it in the world? Because uh, I really want everyone to kind of be like the captain of their own ship. So mm. they are you know, knowing where they're going and how they're going to get there. And then I'm on most social channels as well, uh, particularly Facebook and Instagram. And it's uh, at Serena Myers. So easy peasy, Amazing. as long as you get the spelling right. <laughs> well, I will share that in the show notes. And it's always such a blast talking to you. So thank you for you coming too. back. And so thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. If this resonated with you, please share it and uh, tag us both. And we will also and love and all the things. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Join our free private Facebook group community, Sacred Emergence, to receive more connection, guidance, and support. And take part in our five-day inner confidence challenge to not only boost your confidence, but to help activate your inner leadership. Details in the show notes. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and thank you in advance for sharing this with others who can benefit. Until next time.